Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than my dear brother, David Schuster, TYT contributor, Rebel HQ superstar. Should be a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day. Tucker Carlson, known as Lil Tuck Tuck, no longer at Fox News. Don Lemon fired from CNN. Or was he? Let me break it all down. Quite interesting stuff. I put up the fellow who lies a lot. All right. This morning, Fox News announced it is parting ways with Tucker Carlson and his program, Tucker Carlson Tonight. This remained one of the most watched cable news shows in America, outpacing MSNBC and CNN. Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways, the quote says. The company put this in a news release. It says Mr. Carlson's last program was Friday, April 21st. They are not allowing him to say goodbye to his viewers. There will be no send-off for Tucker Carlson as his last program aired on Friday. Carlson signed off on Friday stating he will be back on Monday. The company would not comment beyond the release and whether Carlson was being taken off air in response to the Dominion defamation case. Uh, so a rotating panel of the network's personalities will actually fill in during Carlson's regular part-time or primetime slot until a new host is named. Um, I'm going to get into this tribute we put together for Tucker, but before I do that, I just want to remind everyone uh, that Tucker Carlson, not only did he lie, he showed disdain for his viewers by talking in plain, truthful English to those he respected and by lying to the audience, those he did not. Now, naturally, this lawsuit dynamic has not been favorable. Fox News is paying damn near a billion dollars. That's what it will be when everything is said and done. More lawsuits are pending. But all of them took place or took part, excuse me, in the lie. Those lies took place on Fox News. Those lies are just as much Tuckers as they are Hannity's and everyone else. But Tucker's the one leaving. Good. I am no fan of Tucker Carlson. Disagree with him in virtually everything he does and says. But this is a fitting day to at least pay tribute to Tucker Carlson. Here it is. The very same people, literally the very same, who just the other day told us that segregation was immoral are now enforcing segregation. Should we be surprised? Probably not, but hold on, Tuck Tuck. So the next time you see someone in a mask on the sidewalk or on the bike path, do not hesitate. Ask politely but firmly, would you please take off your mask? Little Tuck Tuck. Who do you plan to support, Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis? <laughs> well, who am I gonna support? Well, Joshua, as you've noticed, uh, my endorsement means a lot to American voters. Um, <laughs> right, to see someone who's not afraid in America, there are still a few. I guess it's left to a rapper from Queens, but good for her. Little Tuck Tuck. Hard to believe that man wears a uniform. He's that unimpressive. Notice he never defined white rage, and we should know what it is. What is white rage? Well, like drapedomania, it's one of those diseases that only affect people with certain melanin levels. It's a race-specific illness. Hold on, Tuck Tuck. <laughs> They're trying to kill me. They hate me. 
They just don't like women. Really? Who hates women? <laughs> Hold on, Tuck Tuck. Little Tuck Tuck. White rage, sir, is what you felt on Friday when Fox News told your ass you won't be coming back on Monday. Does that clear it up for you? All right, let's go to Don Lemon. Okay, so Don Lemon, host on CNN, recently had a new, I guess, job, a time slot change. Well, he is no more, according to him and CNN. So Lemon announced on Twitter saying that he was informed by his agent that he was being terminated. Now, here's the issue. He says, I am stunned after 17 years at CNN, I would have thought someone in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. The news comes after Variety published a story earlier this month on allegations that he mistreated his female colleagues over the course of his career there. And earlier this year, he faced backlash over widely criticized comments he made on air. The Variety reported published the Variety report published April 5th alleged that Lemon has a long history of questionable behavior toward women. The report was based on more than a dozen former and current colleagues, according to Variety, who described Lemon as openly hostile to women at the network. Most of the sources spoke anonymously to the outlet. NBC News has not independently verified the allegations. So CNN CEO uh, said that the network and Lemon have parted ways. Now, remember, he said he was terminated. They are characterizing it as parting ways, according to a memo posted on CNN's official communications Twitter account. Don will forever be part of the CNN family, they said, and we thank him for his contributions over the past 17 years. We wish him well and we and will be cheering him on in his future endeavor. CNN tweeted Don Lemon's statement about this morning's event uh, is inaccurate. He was offered an opportunity to meet with management, according to them, but instead released a statement on Twitter. Um, I don't know who's telling the truth. I do know that sometimes <clears throat> in message to message to message, things can get somewhat diluted. But let's talk about what's happening today. Is it a coincidence that these two are announced on the same day? Let's look at a comparative model. Tucker Carlson has been lying since day one. I mean, he lies every day. He has a show based on lies, okay? Uh, Don Lemon, obviously all of these dynamics connected to what they term a problematic history. Um, it came up recently because of reporting. We have not been able to independently verify the Don Lemon story, but we can say this. We can independently verify that Tucker Carlson lies. Did he get fired from Fox News for lying? Of course not. Why did he get fired from Fox News? Probably because he told the truth in text messages. All right, David, I don't know what to make of this, man. Uh, is he gone? I'm talking about Tucker because he lied or because he told the truth or neither? Well, a couple of things. This is a uh, brutal business, and this just underscores it. I mean, my yeah. own personal story, when I lost my job at MSNBC 13 years ago, it was because I read about it first in the New York Times. Nobody bothered wow. to tell me within MSNBC, hey, you're not coming back. Um, also, when I was at MSNBC, I was actually friends with one guy named Tucker Carlson. He and I were there roughly the same time. I substituted for Tucker's show. I liked him back then. I thought he was, you know, we disagreed politically and journalistically, but he was generally 
He was generally willing to subscribe to the truth. Something happened when Tucker Carlson left MSNBC, maybe because he felt burned from getting fired at MSNBC, getting fired from CNN. When he went to Fox News, it's as if he decided, okay, I'm going to throw out all the old rules. I'm just going to do whatever it takes to become as powerful, as popular with conservative viewers as I can, even if that means varying the truth and giving them a bunch of nonsense. And that's what Tucker Carlson has turned into. He's become something that a lot of us used to like him no longer recognize. It's ironic that Rupert Murdoch, of all people, the chairman of Fox, is actually now perhaps giving everybody a chance to see the old Tucker Carlson because this current Tucker Carlson is no longer allowed on Fox News. And mm. I think it's by design. I think Murdoch, at 92 years old, he doesn't want to die with his last act having been having poisoned American democracy the way that his channel did over the last couple of years since the 2020 election. And I think for Murdoch, this is he's starting with with Tucker, and I think he's putting other people on notice, we're gonna hew back towards at least some semblance of following some journalistic principles, although I would argue all of Fox is still an entertainment propaganda machine for the GOP. Yeah, well, good luck on that. Um, I will say that the stakeholders, the investors, the board of Fox News, they weren't happy about the 700 plus million dollar payout and more payouts are likely to come. So this could have been part of the negotiated outcome of the Dominion lawsuit. We got more information. Andrew Lester, the bigoted elderly white male who tried to kill a 16 year old child makes his appearance in court. Uh, let's go to that. Andrew Lester, 84 years old, walking into the courtroom after coming into the courthouse through a private secured entrance, walking in with a cane, walking in slowly, basically sitting first in the jury box before proceedings started. Once they did, he and his defense attorney, who did not state his name for the record, but were working to find it, walked right up to the judge's bench. Lester speaking softly, so it may have been so the two of them could hear each other. Again, kind of the big headlines from this, he pleaded not guilty in this shooting, faced with multiple felony counts for the Thursday shooting of 16-year-old Ralph Yarl. He also was told by the judge of certain conditions of his bond. Among them, he has to report within 24 hours uh, to a bond supervision company. They'll visit once every month at least. After that, he has to turn over any weapons that he has to police. He cannot have a concealed carry permit. He said he does have one, so he'll turn that over as well. And then finally, and of course, we expected this, he can have no contact with Ralph Yarl and his family. His attorney saying they will work with authorities immediately to make sure all of those uh, procedures are followed. Let's put the picture up full mass. Let me address this head on because I see the social media threads and commentary about this being an elderly man. Why would anyone want him to die in prison? He could have made an elderly person's mistake. So let me address all of those up front. Andrew D. Lester attempted to kill a 16-year-old child. I don't give a damn what he's charged with. Anytime you put bullets inside of a baby's body, you are trying to kill that child. Andrew Lester is 84 years of age. He has been charged with first-degree assault and armed criminal action, not attempted murder. He remains under bond supervision. No date has, be, has been set for his prelim hearing. If found guilty, the maximum he can get, the maximum sentence of life in prison on the assault charge in three to 15 years, three years to 15 years on the gun charge. Now, he is elderly. 
The reason why I do not give a damn about his age is because of this picture right here. Because he didn't give a damn about his age. Okay. Lester's accused of shooting a 16 year old child, Ralph Yarl, on Thursday night after the teen accidentally went to the wrong house to pick up his siblings, being dutiful, being responsible, being a young man. Lester came to the door, shot the 16 year old in the head. Why is that not attempted murder? That's called the kill zone, red area. <clears throat> then he shot him again. No words were exchanged before the shooting. Raph Yarl is now back home recovering with his family. His grandson was interviewed about his background. Here it is. Well, the prosecutor in this case has suggested that there was a racial component to it. Do you believe your grandfather is racist? Uh, I believe he holds, holds racist tendencies and beliefs. I feel like a lot of people of that generation are caught up in this uh, 24-hour news cycle of fear and, and paranoia perpetuated by some other news stations. And he was fully into that, sitting and watch uh, Fox News all day, every day, blaring in his living room. And I think that stuff really kind of reinforces this negative view of, of minority groups and leads people to be a little, it doesn't necessarily lead people to be racist, but it reinforces and galvanizes racist people and their beliefs. According to The Sun, this grandfather was radicalized by Fox News, already likely had existing racist behavior, tendencies, beliefs, biases, but radicalized. Something mm -hmm. happened, according to grandson. Now, let me say this to be very clear. It took the national community in order to get the arrest affected here. Because initially they gave the would-be killer, the attempted killer, the man who tried to kill the 16-year-old, they gave him a courtesy ride to the police precinct and then put him on a 24-hour hold, let him go, even though they had the evidence to keep him. You can charge with, you can charge him with putting a minor in danger, okay? Reckless endangerment of a minor. You can do that just to keep him at the jail. They did not, they chose to not charge him until, until the winds of the public got involved. Once the public got involved, he all of a sudden has charges, not the ones he should. And then the police chief during the press conference says, we can't talk about the investigation because it would compromise the integrity of the, of the investigation. But then she makes a remark about this not being racially motivated, no evidence that this is racially motivated or has a racial component. She said this during the same press conference where she said she can't comment on certain things because it would compromise the integrity of the investigation. And then she decided to compromise the integrity of the investigation by saying no racial component according to their investigation thus far. That's problematic because now the prosecutor has had to make a public statement saying there seems to be a racial component. And in the rules of evidence, her statement, because she is an investigator, her statement may be used to provide a legal defense so that this attempted murderer <clears throat> will not be charged with a hate crime. All right, David, thoughts on this?
I mean, this is disgusting on so many levels. I mean, I would take it a step further in terms of Fox News, not just radicalizing this man, this older man, but I think Fox News has not only radical, radicalized a, a lot of people, they have radicalized gun owners, they have radicalized white supremacists, they have radicalized police who will see African-Americans as somehow dangerous and therefore give a pass to somebody like this. Fox has trafficked in fear. And when you traffic in fear and you create an entire society that is fearful of people who are different from you, this kind of thing happens. And it's not just one person, it's not just one shooting. I'd say there's so many different levels of our society that have been poisoned by Fox News, by poisoned by a channel that traffics in fear. Yep, there it is. David, this is why. This is why there's such a separation between cops and community. The officer who shot Breonna Taylor gets rehired at a police department basically down the street. Let's put up the pictures. Okay. Former Metro Police Officer Miles Carsgrove, the cop responsible for firing the bullet that killed Breonna Taylor in a Kentucky raid, now works just one hour away at the Carroll County Sheriff's Department. So this former Louisville Metro Police Officer Miles Cosgrove, along with two others, was fired in 2021 after Taylor's killing in 2020. But he was never convicted despite damning video and witness accounts, a fourth officer was allowed to retire after the shooting. So Thursday, Thursday marked the start of his new job. Chief Deputy Rob Miller says, and I quote, there will be opinions on both sides of the equation, but ultimately we're going to give him a chance. Well, isn't that so nice of you? Okay, so you hire a guy, you pay him taxpayer dollars. Uh, let's keep the uh, chief up. You give him taxpayer dollars <clears throat> and your community should believe they are safer even though he wrongfully killed a citizen, okay? He was fired for violating police protocol, but you're going to give him a chance. Give him a chance to do what, chief? Oh, kill another black person. Okay, I got you. So that's the chance you're giving him? Another opportunity, another crack at it. He says, we think he will help reduce the flow of drugs. That's what they said is the reasoning. We think he will help reduce the flow of drugs in our area and reduce property crimes. Miller, who was previously, who has previously been accused of using excessive force on the job, told the journal this. We felt like he was a good candidate to help us in our county. Now, to the people of your local jurisdiction, you should be in charge. Now, if you would like this officer governing your streets, patrolling your communities, say nothing. But if you find it to be quite disrespectful that they would plant a person like this in your community, say something. There's more. Let's put up the picture, <clears throat> okay? Taylor, Brianna Taylor was a 26-year-old black woman 
employed as an emergency room tech, lived with her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. He and Taylor were in the bed on March 13, 2020, when officers through a no-knock warrant raided their apartment, the wrong apartment. <clears throat> Walker fired at police, thinking they were intruding. He's trying to pr protect him and his baby. The police unleashed 32 gunshots. Those 32 gunshots, 16 of them came from the gun of Cosgrove. Miss Taylor was struck by the bullets five times. One of the officers, Kelly Goodlett, she pleaded guilty to a federal conspiracy charge for falsifying the no-knock warrant with another officer, meaning law enforcement never should have been at Ms. Taylor's home or Mr. Walker's residence at all. Now protests over the news that Cosgrove has, uh, was hired at another station is scheduled to occur on Monday, according to WHAS 11. We will bring you updates as it comes. This makes absolutely no sense. When you mess up at your job, mistakes happen. Mistakes happen. We all are prone to making mistakes. We're human. But when you have a willful disregard for protocol, law, safety, and those you serve, when you are shown to be that negligent or that problematic because of your own malfeasance, why would you ever believe you should work with this level of public trust again? Why would anyone believe you should be hired at their police department? There you have it. You wanna know why people get upset about police in this country? It's because of moves like this. How dare you disrespect the death of this black woman who should be alive and her family and the communities that support her <clears throat> all across this nation and beyond. My dear brother, thoughts here. Dr. Richie, when I first heard that Cosgrove had been rehired, I thought, no, this must be some sort of joke, right? Maybe it's April Fool's, somebody is just, you know, the onion or somebody like that. And then I come to find out, no, that this is really happening. And to me, that is, it is beyond sickening because there's been so much talk about, well, let's establish a national database so that dirty cops, cops who use excessive force, cops who not be on the force, that they cannot get rehired. And in this case, it's as if, well, it doesn't even matter if there was this yep. sort of database because this community would have hired him Anyway, it is ridiculous. Shame on that community. Shame on the police force. And I guarantee there are going to be more problems than there are going to be more problems as a result of this. I, I wouldn't be surprised me if there's more excessive force cases. If the community gets sued the first time this guy does anything wrong, I mean, this is this is this is another catastrophe waiting to happen. Yep, we will bring you the update when it does. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Always good to be with you, all right? Okay, membership, all right? When we say members, we're talking about you, all right? So we have a membership opportunity. You can be part of the machine. We literally cannot do it without you. Our members help us deliver progressive commentary every single day. Become a member at tyt.com forward slash join. Got a lot of comments, we'll read as many as I can. America needs a reboot, says they both got the golden parachute, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Brett Campbell, a.k.a. Dragon, my ass. Tuckered out wins the internet today. 
I just wonder was it coordinated somehow, these announcements. Just never know. I'm Sexy Speed Racer. Fox News Channel has been poisoning us all since its creation back in 1996. All right, and let's go to Stephanie Hanks. Thank you for that, Stephanie. Maybe Tuck will find a chin with his new downtime. <laughs> so wrong. All right, and one more. <clears throat> uh, the coffee shop, Brianna Taylor. Uh, Galfrey 71 says, I will remember to stay out of Carroll County uh, here in Kentucky now. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're not going to break! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Not a solid plan there, Karen. Let's put it up full mass here. I was trying to figure out exactly what she was attempting to do. I'm still not 100% certain. Don't know if this was your comment breaking and entering uh, or just demolition, Karen. Maybe a combination of both. This came from Door Cam Chronicles. Okay. It's a hell of a sight, by the way. A late, it says, Lady caught on ring doorbell banging on someone's door with a shovel with with a shovel in this video we catch on ring doorbell camera a woman with a shovel damaging someone's door she also damages the doorbell no more information provided okay now we'll say this uh karen uh let's put it back up give her some advice here okay so number one you're probably not good at being a criminal but you're very good likely at being um what we just saw so here's the thing. Try to think about your decision from the end and reverse engineer it. Whatever your goal may be, think about the goal. And are you engaged in the best action to achieve that goal? And also just keep in mind, Karen, cameras are literally everywhere. So when you destroy one, likely there's another. Okay, David, that's a well, new one, was, the um, shovel approach. Yeah, the, between the shovel and the crowbar, I mean, we got a crowbar upstairs with the kitchen uh, renovation they're doing up here. Maybe the Karen can come over and <laughs> help out. <laughs> She's handy with um, it. You gotta be careful with those things though, because uh, she could have gotten herself hurt. The shovel could have bounced back. Um, and you know, these days there's so many firearms that are out there. You also have to wonder if somebody's banging really hard at your door, 
is somebody going to come across that door and who has a firearm and says, oh, really? So yeah. I just, you know, I would I, I hope this woman's family uh, does a welfare check on her and gets her the uh, the mental health uh, help that she needs because um, she's in she's in some trouble. I mean, it may be a criminal charge if they find out who it yeah. is. That could be. OK. All right. Got something for you. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm African American man threatening my life. Through the thing. You're doing, yeah? You are artificial and disgusting. And you know what? Your kid is going to die. And I don't have to do anything. I'm just gonna watch and smile as it happens. And watch. Yes. It's currently he five. Knows. It's he currently knows. five p.m. on a Saturday in April. Yeah. And this Keep woman lives next to me in Riverview, Florida. Woman. Yes. And she's going on a rant. She just punched a hole through my fence. This is made of artificial. She's trying to put, okay, so we're going inside right now. Ma'am, you may need to move. All right, put it up full mass. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's the thing, okay? We'll keep that up. Um, <laughs> This gives me serious concern, all right? I don't know if there's a pre-existing beef between the neighbors, but if your neighbor is able to punch a hole in your wood fence, okay? Slide it to the side and talk about your baby dying, you may need to consider this is not the community for you. Now, I'm, I'm not saying let somebody move you out of your community. I am saying this could be serious. I don't know if the uh, Karen in question is having an issue, um, if she's angry. If there's a legitimate beef between the two, I don't know any of this. I don't know if this is connected to a mental health issue. I don't know. But I do know the way it was handled uh, to me was appropriate because there was de-escalation once it seemed to be going to a level that could not, no one could come from, that could not be resolved in the moment, she walked away. And good for you for doing that. Sometimes that is the best way to handle situations like this. How do you read it? I read it, uh, the, the most important thing you said, Dr. Ritchie, was that this happened in Florida. Florida. <laughs> of course it happens in Florida. And perhaps we should be lucky that this woman wasn't using a crowbar or a shovel <laughs> right. to break down that fence. It is a little bit strange, though, that she somehow managed to punch a hole and then she's sticking her sort of nose through it. I mean, somebody could then punch her back through it or somebody could throw a ball through that hole. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I hope the woman uh, who's on the receiving end of this abuse can not only move out of the community, but also move out of the state. There's some other warm <laughs> states where people are not as crazy. Okay. I appreciate it. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Let's get into it. I'm going to uh, read a few of these comments and remind everyone of the Shorty Awards. Let's put it up. Remember, this is because of you, all right? So when an on-air personality receives recognition, award, has very little to do with that on-air personality. It has much more to do with you. TYT is nominated in the Shorty Awards for our exceptional work in journalism and honest reporting. 
The nomination highlights TYT's commitment to informing and inspiring audiences around the world. We want you to vote. We want you to vote, all right? You can vote in the uh, news and media category right now, tyt.com forward slash shorties, all right? You can vote every day until April 26th, tyt.com forward slash vote. A lot of comments, we'll read as many as I can. Okay. Uh, America needs a re reboot. Demolition Karen belongs to subdivision of nonverbal Karens who still use their incredible sense of entitlement to create destruction to property and things that do not belong to them. It sounds like you're talking from experience. All right. Sometimes we have neighbors that give us insight. All right. See Michael Henson. Thank you. See Michael. Somebody tell Karen that the door has a handle. Um, also, see Michael. Karen looked like she was in the movie called The Shining. Here's Karen. Yeah, we picked up on that. And Twitch, not my Michael says, she bought the whole Karen utility kit. Yeah, all right. A principal, a school principal, calls the cops, refers to the children get as ghetto, section eight, and everything else. Um, let's do this. Let's put the picture up full mass. Uh, we are going to highlight this directly. You're looking at... Brigene Lewis on the left, Kyra Scrub on the right. They say they were racially profiled in a gated community in Fresno, California. Let me give you the background. A white male in Fresno reportedly called 911 after a verbal confrontation with three teenage black girls inside a gated community. That's according to ABC 7 News. Okay. Fred V. Nandal, a principal at Sunnyside High School in Fresno, said he was calling the police on April 16th following the confrontation. 17-year-old Kyra Scrub, 17-year-old Brigitte Lewis, and a friend as they cut through the neighborhood on their way to the store. The girls began recording the principal as he made a phone call and one of the teens is heard saying that he was harassing them. We didn't even do nothing. So we recording you right now. You know, that's harassment, right? After the principal responded by saying, no, it's not. He has heard calling the three teenagers ghetto. Officers, you got three girls here, he said. Three section eight people here, ghetto girls. The principal also held up his phone as if he was also recording the three teenagers. Let me stop right here. There's one, it's one thing to call law enforcement because you think somebody is a nuisance, okay? Remember, you're inviting a gun to a situation where a gun is not required. It's already extreme. And then in the process of you doing this, you decide to refer to children, to children as section eight and ghetto, which by the way, informs us of your bias, informs the world. You are in a position of ultimate public trust as you, as a principal, <clears throat> you are to govern the administrative processes of this, of these children or children at large. Here's a video. We didn't even do nothing, so we recording you right now. That, that you know, that's harassment, right? No, it's not. 
Yes, it is. It's harassment. You're a grown ass man. We're minors, though. Actually, I'm we the minors. board director here. We're minors. So, I don't We're care. minors. Officer, so you how do you like it in your here. face? Three section eight how people here. How do you like it in your face? Ghetto girls. How do you like it in your face? Look at this. No, you're grown. Like, this is a grown man, right? Yep. You're grown. Here you go, right here. You're grown. So I'm recording you too. Look at this, right here. Yes. He's a Karen. All right, so you heard it with your own ears. Once again, a principal of a school in Fresno, California. I have more information, more background. This high school principal has also heard telling the teens that he is on the gated community's board of directors. Kyra's mom told the outlet that her daughter and her friends, they take a shortcut through the gated community because it cuts 10 minutes off their walk to the store. She added that the teens have access there, has a have access because they have a friend living in the gated community. Kyra told the outlet that the principal was being racist for no reason. You didn't have to do all that. You didn't have to racial profile for no reason, she said. I feel so bad because, like, as a black woman, I should be able to walk, you know, and do just walk peacefully without, you know, people being racist for no reason. Um, and she is absolutely correct. He's an adult. He's an adult who decided to show his racism because he did not like something. He was uncomfortable with black children walking, not bothering him, not doing anything against him or his property, just walking. There's more. Why would you even say some stuff like that? We're minors, added Regine. I hope he gets fired. He got to go. The girl said that the police never showed up and it's unclear if the principal actually called the authorities. <clears throat> the teens learned that the principal was a uh, was at a high school after posting the video on TikTok. So they had no idea who this guy was until they exposed him, right? There's more. Fresno Unified, there it is, said they are investigating the incident. Quote, we are aware of the video circulating and the district started an investigation into the matter early Monday. The labels used in the video do not align with the high standards we have for our Fresno Unified leaders and staff. Read the statement. We want to assure our families that, have, uh, that having respectful, inclusive, and loving adults serving in our school is of the utmost importance to Sunnyside and our district as a whole. The principal is currently on paid administrative leave while the school district investigates, that's according to the spokesperson, Nikki Henry. Um, so these young children, these black girls, called for the firing of this principal. I think they are being appropriate in their request. Uh, and I will say, uh, young ladies, I do believe you will get the request you have proclaimed, okay? Once again, position of public trust, high public trust, there's a high bar, high standard that must be recognized and applied. We do not play with our children and their safety. If a principal has these deeply rooted beliefs just by calling the police or allegedly calling the police on black teenage girls, imagine what he believes and how he treats children that may not look like him or his children. All right, David, thoughts on this? 
Well, I was glad that the school district put out that statement saying that uh, he has been on administrative leave, but there was something about that statement that also bothered me. They said it was his labels that were the problem. It wasn't just his labels, it was his action. It was his racist beliefs that were so evident. To have an educator who's got that, that is so frustrating. And the other thing about it is, I can remember somebody else who used to cut through the backyard of a really nice house on the way to elementary school 40 some years ago. That was me. And you know what? I, my house wasn't as nice as the, the 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 street that I was cutting through. I suppose if somebody had complained to me, sure, I would have changed my route. But you would expect that if somebody is angry that somebody is using your neighborhood as a cut through, you approach them and you, you, you have the decency and respect to that person to say, look, I'd rather you not cut through here or stay on this, whatever it is, but to just sort of fly off the handle and to then call police and then to use, you know, show your sort of racism is outrageous. I hope that um, principal, vice principal, whatever he is, I hope he never gets another job in teaching again. There you go. Every child, including when we were children, we cut through communities or sometimes a parking lot, whatever it may be. We wanted to shorten the route. We walked. We walked everywhere. A trial begins today. This is a mass murder trial, which by the way is rare. Typically when there's a mass shooting, uh, the shooter invites his or her own demise. Uh, Let's put it up for a mass. The infamous Tree of Life massacre has made headlines once again as the killer stands trial today in Pittsburgh federal court for the death penalty, okay? I'm going to give you the background. On the morning of October 27, 2018, Robert Bowers walked into the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh and killed 11 people who had gathered to worship. It was the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in the nation's history. Very sad. Let's put up some of the some of the effects for those who are deceased. This was in honor of those who died. The trial would take place in two phases. The first concerning guilt and the second concerning penalty. As the facts surrounding the case, the shooting are mostly undisputed. It will effectively be a months-long tribunal, a months-long tribunal about whether the defendant, Robert Bowers 50, should be executed. So this is truly about his death penalty phase, even though they're going through the trial phase as well. His lawyers have offered to resolve the case with a guilty plea on all counts in exchange for life in prison without the possibility of release, but federal prosecutors have rejected these offers. Uh, I understand why federal prosecutors rejected the offer. Now, I'm going to say this to federal prosecutors, reject them all, reject them all. We don't want plea deals when a mass shooter shoots our communities either. We don't want plea deals. We want you to do exactly what you're doing. I think you're doing the right thing. I commend you for doing it, okay? Let's just do it more often, all right? Make examples out of those who will walk into a community and kill them just because they exist. There's more. Bowers had become radicalized by the alt-right according to multiple publications, all right? Online, he was a prolific presence on right-wing forums, okay? Chatting with and reposting prominent white supremacists in his own post showing particular vitriol toward immigrants and Jews in several posts before the killing. 
turned his eye on the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, a 142-year-old organization that helps resettle refugees in the United States. Uh, let's put up this post. You're looking at Bowers Gap post, one of which he calls his Glock family and the other threatening the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society specifically. Uh, Bowers team made a defense. Mr. Bowers defense team has argued in briefs that a series of psychiatric uh, and neurological tests, along with significant events in his life history, have established that he is suffering from a major mental illness that includes schizophrenia. In addition to having structural and functional brain impairments and epilepsy. Well, let me go ahead and detangle what the defense is trying to conflate. Mental health disorders or a mental health issue is not an automatic immunity to criminal prosecution. It has to be you who's on trial, were not able, you were not able to understand right from wrong. You could not understand how your actions were in fact criminal. But if you do understand that what you did was wrong, if you do understand that your actions were in fact criminal, okay? If you understand these things, you absolutely, you absolutely should be able to stand trial, all right? All right. Uh, so they use this defense and many others attempting to subvert the government's prosecution. The government has rebutted the arguments uh, by insisting that there are factors in this case, such as his open anti-Semitism, okay, and his decision to attack during a worship service that make the death penalty specifically warranted here, all right? However, there is some dispute from internal voices of the congregation headed by the rabbi of the New Light, Jonathan Harlan. All right, let's put his picture up. The rabbi of New Light and member, members of Dor Hadash have publicly urged the government not to pursue the death penalty, an opposition that was motivated, they said in letters and speeches, by religious and ethical principles, as well as concerns about the effects of a prolonged trial on already traumatized people. Such an ordeal, the president of Dor Hadash wrote in a letter to Mr. Garland, could impede the healing process of some of our members. But family members, family members of nine of the 11 victims, all right? The family members have come out and said, whoa, wait a minute. We got our own letter. And they wrote a letter to the Pittsburgh Jewish Chronicle last year that accepting a plea for Mr. Bowers, thus avoiding a trial and the possibility of his, of his execution would be letting him have the easy way out. His crimes deserve the death penalty they wrote in that letter, right? Um, so this is somewhat of a nuanced occurrence. It doesn't happen a lot. You don't see a lot of mass murderers on trial because of what typically happens to them. Uh, but you do see clearly that there are some elements internally that are at odds with each other. But the bottom line is this person should never see the light of day again. And this should be a standard for prosecutors to readily not accept any plea deal offer from those who terrorize communities 
across this nation. All right, David, thoughts here. Well, I agree that uh, I wish prosecutors would be consistent. Um, here's my issue, and this is this is a tough one for me because I know people who are members of the Tree of Life Synagogue. I have friends who were at that, uh, who grew up with that synagogue in Pittsburgh, and this is very personal to them. And I, I get, I appreciate the anger that the victims' families feel and them wanting the death penalty for this killer. My view, though, is that we should not have the death penalty in any cases. And so I, I just wish that that was the way society came down and that prosecutors were consistently not doing the death penalty, no matter what the crime. And let's take some of the money, some of the resources that we would otherwise spend on trying to execute somebody and, and take that money and put it somewhere else where we can somehow better our society. That's just sort of my view, but that's not where society is. And so I, I, I suppose, you know, and this is one of these cases where, you know, I appreciate the rabbi's view, but maybe this is one where you just defer to the nine of the 11 families and, and do what they want. Yeah, I'm against the death penalty uh, in theory and in practice, uh, but I guarantee you I'm not going to lose sleep over this guy. Yeah. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right. Welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of comments, kind of press for time. Trista says, hey, Jerk, some of us as kids are ghetto in Section 8 starting out in life, but it was not our choice um, to be. I'm speaking from personal experience. Um, and so, and you make a great point that these things are not designations, okay? These are not uh, characteristics of an individual. Um, these are elements that are within the societal construct. Section 8 is a program. It is not a person. Uh, ghetto is an insult, and it was meant to be. Both were meant to be as he launched them. All right. Let's go to, oh, this is interesting. Um, Adam Baum says, and this is Twitch, I say it every day, superiority complex is common for a million different reasons. It's sickening, and I agree wholeheartedly, it is. And it can lead to bad policy and even death. All right, you know, this is a very sad story about insurance, a major company, and a grandmother who's dying, who died, here it is. Um, this clip I'm about to show you is my mom um, a few days before she died. She had stage four colon cancer. Uh, the reason I'm making this video is because she worked for Office Depot for close to 20 years. I would, I think it was 17, maybe 18. I could be wrong. Um, I know she made it past 16, but I honestly can't remember. But anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, she was on short-term disability. Her last day worked was December 15th of 2022. Unfortunately, Office Depot decided to end their contract with their life insurance company that they had during the year of 2022 and get a new company for 2023. Uh, because my mom's cancer decided to kill her. Decided to kill her at the beginning of 2023 in January she uh her insurance now the new insurance company won't pay they won't pay because she didn't work one day one whole day she didn't work when the company got changed over because that's what's expected, I guess. And I think it's crazy. Let's put it up for a mass. 
Now, when I first saw this story, I was ready to do everything I could do to bring justice to this young lady. My mother died a few months ago, and I know what that feeling is like. And to add another layer of BS on top of the transition that's taking place is quite unimaginable. But since the video went viral, the daughter posted an update that Office Depot has now made it right and is set to work with her so they can rectify the entire situation. Now, to, to the company, all right? To the company, Office Depot, I will be following this story. If she comes back and she says you all did not do her right, if this was a tactic to kick things down the road a little bit because you think people may not pay attention, that's not how I do things. I let nothing go. I will be checking back. Do right by this woman. All right, David, thoughts? I hope the CEO from Office Depot is involved in this personally. Get this done, solve it yesterday. Yeah. Let this woman grieve and not have to worry about insurance. And let's just you know, sh show that you're doing the right thing. Don't just say you're gonna work with her, get it done. Get it done, that's right. Beautiful story. Former sanitation worker set to graduate from Harvard. Let's put it up, full mass. All right, a former sanitation worker and now current law school student, Rehan Slayton, will soon realize his dreams of becoming a lawyer thanks to the help of television mogul Tyler Perry. Slayton is now inspiring other campus service providers uh, to see themselves as students also. The second year Harvard Law student has now started a nonprofit organization to support sanitation engineers janitors, cafeteria attendees, security guards, operational staffers, and other blue collar workers to receive need-based grants for higher education. After mobilizing other students and friends, he has raised $70,000 to support this mission to not only help people get into school, but be respected while working on campus. Rehan uh, Slayton, Staten, excuse me, says life before he entered academia was very different. And this is a great story. He was a sanitation worker in Maryland. His days consisted of hauling trash in a grueling grind. However, there were people around him who encouraged him to apply to attend college. With their push, with their push, he applied and was accepted to the University of Maryland. He continued to work with sanitation while attending college, sometime creeping into the back of the lecture hall uh, in his yellow uniform after finishing up a long shift. On those days, he said there was no time to shower and plenty of situations could have discouraged him. In 2020, he was accepted into the prestigious Harvard University with so many people inspired by a story, they decided to donate towards his matriculation at the Ivy League, including Tyler Perry. There's a GoFundMe. 
All right. Perry heard about his story and stepped up to make sure while he studied at Harvard, finances were not an issue and he could focus on law. He had a tough upbringing, but worked hard at a tireless job to eventually reach his goal, Perry said to the Washington Post. He deserved being able to attend Harvard the last few years without having any future financial concerns. The billionaire filmmaker paid his first year tuition, and now the young man is gearing up to graduate in May 2023 with his law degree. He's the co-founder of the Reciprocity Effect and aims to raise money to support unsung heroes who serves without recognition. He will also fundraise to give out need-based grants to those who are supporting staff, ranks to apply to the college with some financial support toward tuition. The other co-founder, Brent Bates, the person from his old job that encouraged him to go to college, they launched this back in April, all right, April 10th. Let's put him up. Always good to have an ally when you're looking to make a difference. The quote is, I know what it feels like to be in a position where people would rather act like you don't exist, said Mr. Bates, who also serves as the assistant operations manager at Staten's former employer, Bates Trucking and Trash Removal. Bates and his father, the owner of the trucking and trash removal company, donated $50,000 as seed money for the dream. Now, the dream is in motion and working to make a difference. According to his website, the purpose of the organization is to create more holistic community a more holistic community at Harvard Law School, where all in the social ecosystem. Okay. Now, the reality is this, and I, I want to say this clearly, we're running out of time. Uh, this person was always smart enough to go to Harvard Law. All right, always. So what was the difference? Resources. That's it. The only difference were the resources. Once he got the resources, he now competes at a level beyond what many would have assumed he could. Don't make assumptions. He believed in himself, yes, but he also had people around him who believed in him also and eliminated the barrier of the lack of resources that made a difference. That's why policies are important. The distribution of wealth is important because it's about making sure everyone has opportunity. This is what happens. My dear brother, thoughts on this? This is the one story I, I, I look, this is the first story I'm gonna show my kids today because if I can get <laughs> yeah. to my 10 year old and my six year old, if I can get into their head, the, even the idea that look, that janitor, that sanitation worker, the person, the person who's pushing the mop, they may be just as smart as you. If given the opportunity, they may achieve more than you. You don't disrespect anybody. You look all of your fellow citizens in the eye, you say hello, you say thank you, and you don't look down on anybody no matter what color their collar is, no matter what kind of job they're doing. That's right, well said dear brother. Always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people I think can follow you. Check out your great work. Rebel HQ on both Facebook and YouTube. We got a great video that went up today, uh, Dr. Ritchie, about this uh, group of pranksters that brought down the trans snitch line that the Republican Attorney General set up in Missouri, got bombarded with all kinds of crazy gibberish, hilarious wow. pranks, and now they had to bring that site down. We got a video up on Rebel HQ, Facebook, and YouTube. You can also check out some of our other politics videos up there as well anytime. I will be checking that out right after the program, dear brother. Always fascinating. Thanks, Dr. Richie. Take care. Thank you, my friend. You too. We got more on the other side. Bullpit is next. Stick and stay. All right. Welcome back. We have a lot of comments. I can only read a couple for the sake of time. I appreciate everyone um, enjoying the combo. Lynn says, what a great story. That's right. 
It's a remarkable story. And let's go to tall pumps. Yes, the distribution of wealth is important. Most important message from this story. Pay attention. There you go. All right, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. Oh, he's back. We have Mr. Brad Palumbo, National Review contributor and correspondent, B.org. Good day, sir. Welcome. Thanks. All right. We're going to chop it up about U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. There are renewed calls for his resignation from people like Congressman Hank Johnson, who's on the Judiciary Committee, and also calls for impeachment by people like AOC and a few others. Uh, I don't want to presume what you know or believe about the actions of Clarence Thomas and his scandal with the billionaire. So I will let you opine and then respond. Yeah, I think the calls to impeach or uh, to sanction uh, Clarence Thomas are kind of absurd, frankly. I mean, I, I know the progressives have always had it out for him. They've never liked him. Uh, but most of what's been reported ranges from, OK, he should have done that better to a complete nothing burger. Uh, but also it's it simply it, I'm still struggling to see what the actual scandal is because Clarence Thomas is one of the most predictable justices. He has a very coherent judicial philosophy, whether you agree with it or not. And I don't fully. I'm more of a Gorsuch fan myself. But you can just about predict what way he'll rule on any case because he's very consistent in his rulings. And you can't actually point to any cases where any of this supposed um, you know, influence that was had on him through different gifts or travel or donations would have made any difference. So I'm curious to hear you explain why exactly Americans should care that he had a rich friend and took some trips with him. Well, number one, he violated the standard ethical rules of the court. And I'll go ahead and read it to you since you're unaware of what he actually did. So the recent reports of his uh, relationship with the billionaire include a trip worth half a million dollars that he took with his wife to Dubai. Um, it also includes property that his mother was able to benefit from after the billionaire bought it because he probably told him to, remodeled it, and then moved Clarence Thomas's mother inside of the property. And as Clarence Thomas said during the first um, report, he said, hey, I made a mistake, basically. And no, that, that's not what he said, because okay. the, the ethics rules changed. And for until about a month ago, hospitality was exempt from the ethics rules. So the plane oh, travel, well, me, staying in somebody's home, you're not, that that's would have not been accurate. considered exempt. That no, is sir, accurate. That no, no, sir, it's not accurate. I'm going to read it to you. Okay, and then you can fact check me whenever you get a moment. Um, so lodging and food provided on someone's property have been exempted from disclosure. However, transportation itself is not. That is not exempt on the disclosure. Check it out when you get a moment. I know you're not aware of it right now. In addition to the fact he did not do that, he also made his own proclamation about the why. He says, well, these things got more restrictive over time. And I will make sure I explain this or disclose it in the future. So he's, he's saying it was basically a nothing burger, as you described it in the beginning. However, the other justices have gone out of their way to make sure they do update their disclosures to include the things that he said he did not have to include. So let me ask you this question, since you don't think it's a big deal. This guy's a billionaire. We're talking about his friend Crow, right? He's a billionaire. 
he's not only spending money, he's spending time. He's spending time with Clarence Thomas. Do you believe this multi-billionaire would be besties with Clarence Thomas if Clarence Thomas was not a United States Supreme Court justice? I don't know. I don't think any of us can know that. I mean, I- how Oh, can, I didn't say how do you, you know, or I sir. Know that? I'm asking, do you believe, sir? I think it's very possible because from what I know of Harlan Crow, he's friends with all sorts of people on the political right, thinkers, How many people he took to Dubai? Sorry? How many people, how many friends did he take to Dubai? I don't know about Dubai, but I know that he regularly has had people from across the right come speak at his uh, estates for events and debates, including actually Democratic politicians have come to speak and been paid at his events. He's somebody with an intellectual curiosity who wants to be around these people. But even so, let's just to go back to your point from a moment ago, Dr. Ritchie. uh, So you just actually acknowledged that huge swaths of this reporting, like, for example, when he stayed in the villa of Harlan Crow, did not need to be disclosed under the old rules. But even if we say the plane travel, for example, should have been disclosed, okay, then he should amend well, his not, disclosure. That's not what we say, sir. That's what the rules say. The rules provide an exemption status, which you have mentioned on this program. Or have, and it for says hospitality. What, what is not exempt. It says transportation is not hospitality. Yeah, that's what I'm 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 saying. Let's uh, let's so go. I'm correct. Right. But that means housing is part of that that you mentioned. So huge swaths of this reporting didn't actually need to be reported. Sir, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're telling me that the public should not know that a multi-billionaire. We're just going by the rules that you just read off. Wait a minute, dear brother. Allow me to finish because I allowed you to finish. The public, according to you, should not know about a multi-billionaire who's spending $500,000 on a Supreme Court justice of the I United States of America? I genuinely don't see why it matters. You, you don't think that matters at all? Harlan Crow has never been a party to any case before the Supreme Court. And if he was, I'm sure Clarence Thomas would recuse himself. Well, let's talk about that. While you say he is not a party to anything before the U.S. Supreme Court, his interests are. Just as you laid out- Everyone's the case, interests Wait, hold on, are. hold on, brother. No, no, you don't get to do that. Just as you laid out, how Crow has all of these conservatives that come to his home or come to his events. They provide speeches for him. He has this particular curiosity. Well, he has a political bias. He has a political agenda. That's why he invites individuals who value his political agenda. His political agenda has been before the court many times. And Clarence Thomas made a very problematic vote that confused and confounded Republicans in particular when he said that Donald Trump had the authority to retain executive power even after he was president of the United States. He was the only Supreme Court justice who voted that way, contrary to every conservative and every liberal on the bench. Everybody scratched their heads. Now, all of a sudden, it's starting to actually make sense. And you're telling me that the American public should not be made aware of his actual violations which are failures to disclose, and his ethical violations, which are his issues with this particular billionaire and his money. 
but so they all take, or at least most of them do take paid trips, um, including by private jet. And you're right that they've disclosed those. And sure, maybe he should have disclosed some of the things that he didn't. But if whether he discloses it or not, if your point is about the influence, disclosed or not, these paid trips either do or don't influences the justice's thinking. And what I'm telling you is Justice Clarence Thomas for 30 years has had a consistent judicial philosophy. Why, wow, that's believes- so interesting. But he believes he, in the unitary executive, but, sir, which is what was against, behind that ruling you mentioned. Went, no, sir. That is, come on now. Let, let's keep it 100. Let's go to Jenny Thomas, his wife. Jenny Thomas was involved in cases in front that went in front of her husband, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. He refused to recuse himself, even though we were aware, or we are now aware that his wife was directly involved in either A, getting money from these organizations, B, lobbying for these organizations, or C, text messaging her support of the particular movement that he was set to rule on. Why did he not recuse himself? Do you not find any of these elements problematic with a sitting Supreme Court justice? I think there's a much stronger case he should have recused himself for the Jeannie Thomas one uh, I, uh, regarding January 6th. Well, but okay, but what about this one? What about the ones I just brought to you? Is it problematic he did not recuse himself of these cases? About about Jeannie Thomas in January 6th? No, that's not the only one. That's one. But also the cases where she's involved with the organization, the conservative advocacy groups that he has to rule on. You don't think he should have recused himself? Well, the problem. So the problem with that is that a lot of judges have a spouse, for example, who works for the ACLU or for who is involved in one of these advocacy groups. And I don't think that's the standard. Whatever it should be, it should be consistent. Well, um, there's no, there is no standard. Then there, you know, that's the, the, the Supreme then How Court, can you hold him accountable the if there's Court, not well, a we standard? Can't, we're, we're called the court of public opinion here, just because the Supreme Court has refused or Congress has refused to give them a mandated statutory dynamic or the court itself is not bound by similar ethical rules as let's say a um, traffic court, just because they have not adopted these rules upon themselves does not mean they shouldn't have them. And it doesn't mean that they should not be uh, judged and weighed accordingly based on public review. So because they have no ethical guidelines due to their own design, you're telling me they can do whatever they choose to. I think it's harsh to judge people when there isn't a guideline. Maybe there should be. But I guess I like I would just ask you this. Can you point me to one single ruling from Clarence Thomas that you can actually connect to the fact that he went on trips with Harlan Crow? Because I've looked and I can't. He has the most well, consistent ideological you know, judicial no, philosophy sir, of consistent. any of the people on the court. He just broke with his own consistency in recent rulings. He's what been the one about? vote in dissent from everybody else in too many cases to count. He's on no, his sir, own island all Man, the way on I, I the right study, wing of the court. I study Clarence Thomas's cases because I'm in law school. We have to study a bunch of cases, all right? I see his dissent. I see his agree, uh, agreement. Uh, it is ironic that there, there are some dynamics he agreed to in 1988 that he then doesn't about face, uh, or in 1998, then he doesn't about face later uh, two years ago. So these things are problematic for the record. And yes, you can uh, point to an evolving judicial philosophy. That's fine. He did not write that in his opinion. He could have, but he chose not to. But sir, you know good and damn well that if this were, let's say, Sotomayor, uh, you would be up in arms. Everybody would be up in arms on the right. I mean, Sotomayor has taken 16 paid trips, including by private jet, according to the New York Times. According to the New York Times, and how she do you disclosed know? it. Sure, she, she disclosed it, sir. But so, if the point she is the influence peddling, why does the know, disclosure matter so that, much? That, because sir, you're either it influenced matters. or you're not. Listen, sir. The reason why it matters is because we pay them 
to have the highest judicial position in the United States of America. And we expect them to at least adhere to rules that a state Supreme Court judge would have to adhere to, if nothing else, because they are the ones who become the standard for all of the judges in this country. The reciprocation doctrine is strong because typically that bench has been strong. So when you decide to give a Supreme Court justice a pass on something that a traffic court judge would never get a pass on, sir, you've already dropped the Kool-Aid. I think more judges should look to Clarence Thomas as a role model of of intellectual consistency and legal thinking. Well, why did his uh, intellectual ass not disclose what he did? Um, Some of it was sloppy paperwork, like the Uh, one caught up by the Washington Post and he you should know be better people on he that, but he certainly should not be impeached over something like this. That's Do you think he should talk. resign? No, no, this is nowhere near that level of- Do you think he should explain of, of, himself? Why what? his mama, why is his mother benefiting from the billionaire and he didn't disclose that? They took that? the loss on that property sale no, but, that way. But that sir, you don't think he needs to explain to us what's this all about? I think his rulings are very self-evident about where he's coming from and why he's ruling the way he is. And yeah. none of it has anything to do with trips or okay. his bombs. You know or- why you don't know about Crow's influence? It's because it the doesn't meetings, exist. Because the meetings were private, sir. The meetings were private. That's and why. all the court members take meetings with tons of influential people and activists and donors. And they're all influenced heavily by the people in their lives. I and see you, brother. Clarence Thomas is no exception. I got to say this, man. Clarence needs to hire you. Uh, in case he does get impeached for you to make an advocacy. You damn sure you damn sure hold the line, dear brother. Uh, you know, the funny thing you, is I don't even agree with his philosophy fully. No, I, I just got think you. this but, is a witch hunt. But you but you are dead wrong as it relates to the standards that should be here for us. I'm talking about the American people. All right. Not just a rule of law or the bench or Congress. They should be here for us. All right. So that we can have a fair review of their job performance. I do appreciate you being on the show. All right, thanks. Thank you. All right, we got more. No, we don't. This is it, all right? We got more tomorrow. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. Here's the pattern that we see in all of these Karen stories. They think they own stuff they do not own. Now, where does that come from? I don't know, maybe slavery. Maybe they think they should still own black people. This is what happens when Karens weaponize the police. When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are. A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is. You know who created redlining in this country? Mm-hmm. The white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's no, a racist I, I, policy, I racist policy. Shelly, here's what I don't to. know. I don't know. See, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this truth, but you're gonna get it, though.